0: Hello friends, welcome to 1000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark, and this week I'm really happy to have a special guest essayist with me, my dear friend and fellow singer-songwriter, Nicole Kelly. I met Nicole maybe six or eight years ago at a songwriting retreat that I was leading in the Chicago area, and then we got to hang out a lot last year in my recording studio, working on her just-released album, Canyon Wide. Um, I had such a great time producing this record with Nicole, and I often found myself very encouraged by the conversations we would have about Jesus during the process. Nicole has this really disarming and wise way of talking about Jesus, and it I just kept thinking how much I'd love to get her to share something here on 1000 Words. So, this week, she'll be talking about Peter's faith and failures and Jesus' steadfast grace. Now, I'm not saying I teared up in the coffee shop reading Nicole's essay or anything, you know, crazy like that. But let's just say I was encouraged. Um, also, We'll end this episode with one of Nicole's songs called What Lies Behind, and I'll tell you a little more about that when we get there. I like to describe her music as a mix between Rich Mullins and Lori McKenna, and if you don't know either of those names, uh, go look for them and try them out. They're both wonderful songwriters. Uh, Nicole is married to Scott, and they have four kids, and they, I quote, not only love their kids to pieces, but also really, really like them. Also, burglars beware, their house is guarded by nine whole, majestical, furious pounds of palm chi named Petey. Petey is such an intimidating name, isn't it? So intense. As always, the text to the essay and the links to Nicole's Music Online will be all over on my website, matthewclark.net slash podcast but go ahead and check out Nicole's homepage nicolekellymusic.com and uh, that's spelled n-i-c-o-l-e k-e-l-l-e-y music.com and follow her on Instagram at nicolekellymusic and her new album is out now on Spotify and iTunes All right. Well, I'm so glad you're here this week, and I hope you enjoy Nicole Kelly's guest essay entitled, Peter and His Personal Record, Swim Time.
1: I feel like there are a lot of stories in the Bible that are often repeated and easily preached. We all have our favorites— What are some of yours? We hear about Daniel in the lion's den or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. We see Jesus healing the leper, raising Lazarus, talking with Nicodemus about being born again. We speak of Paul on his road to Damascus. The list goes on. And then there are the exploits of our 100% all-in Apostle Peter. We see him fishing, we see him chopping off a guy's ear with his sword, we hear him speaking in Acts, bravely testifying of the word he has seen, the one he says is the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. Brave words in the polytheistic culture of the Romans, as well as in the how can Jesus be God when Israel only has one God culture. Those words are equally brave today. It's interesting to me that these aren't really the stories that Peter is most known for, am I right? It seems like Peter is most famous for two things. Almost sinking while walking on the water, let's be honest, isn't that the part we usually talk about? And denying Jesus three times. I wonder if one reason we preach and talk so much about Peter's denial of Jesus is that it seems like the one thing about Peter that we can best relate to. We can find ourselves in his story so easily because, well, we see how our behavior continually falls short of what someone like Jesus would deserve if we could serve him the way he deserves to be served. Wait, or is it if we could serve him the way we think He wants us to serve Him. There is a difference, one that keeps us continually disappointed, not just in our behavior, but in ourselves. And because we are disappointed in ourselves, that must mean that He is too. What does Jesus really want anyway? Whatever it is, we know we don't have it to give, and yet it feels somehow he expects it. But how does Jesus feel? Let's fast forward to the scene in John 21, which is without a doubt my favorite scene in the entire Bible. It's the one where Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, Zebedee's sons, and two other disciples were together at the Sea of Tiberias. Peter decides he's going fishing, The others say, We're coming with you. They fish all night and catch nothing. This is the story of their lives, it seems, but I suppose their good fishing trips weren't particularly noteworthy, so why write them down in the Bible, right? Let's continue. When daybreak comes, Jesus is standing on the shore, but the disciples don't know it's Jesus. He calls to them, Children! Have you no fish? They say no. He tells them to cast to the right side of the boat and they will find some. So they do, and they can't haul the nets in because of the large number of fish. And so John, the one Jesus loved, says to Peter, It is the Lord. Let's stop right there and notice how John describes himself. He doesn't say, The one who loved Jesus. He doesn't say, the one who never quite loved Jesus the way he should. He doesn't say, the disciple, the one who tried so hard to never mess anything up. Nope. He does not identify himself by anything having to do with his doing this. He is simply the one that Jesus loved. Why would he say such a thing? Was it because that's what he knew he should say? No, he said it because he knew it firsthand. His experience of Jesus from hanging out with him for a few years was, this is Jesus, and he loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. And this love from his teacher defined him. It redefined him. It displaced every other way he might use to identify himself throughout all of his books and letters to the early church. He is simply the disciple Jesus loved. And he passes that love down to all the little children he writes to in his letters. We are those little children. So back to Peter. John says, Hey Pete! It's the Lord, and dear, amazing, color-outside-the-lines Peter, what does he do? He ties on his outer garment that he had taken off for fishing, and in true Peter fashion, he throws himself into the sea. No paddling with an oar, no thought for the boat. His friends, the fish that would be their income for that day, He is focused on one thing and one thing only. The Lord is there. Anything between him and Jesus, watch out. What kind of heart does that? And what sort of things would make a person jump out of the boat and leave everything just to get to their best friend and hero on the shore? Whatever it is, does it look like there is any shame in him? I don't see any. I see excitement, confidence, and reckless abandon, and this from the man who swore he would never deny Jesus, then turned around and did it three times in a row. Immediately after that, we see him weeping bitterly. But now he's throwing himself into the water because the boat is just too darn slow. What happened between Jesus and Peter to bring him to this moment? Something happened. Jesus happened. Maybe it's our culture, or maybe it's just human nature, but I feel like it's more popular to preach on Peter's denial of Jesus than it is to watch Peter swimming like crazy for the shore. Why is that? I wonder if it's easier for us to relate to the shame and disappointment of Peter as he tries his hardest to live out loyalty from a weak flesh, but in his words and actions he denies the Lord repeatedly. And then he leaves weeping bitterly, and some of us add, beating himself with a stick. I wonder if some of us get stuck at that place in the story because we feel like we live there. We build a summer home in shame and despair, and we might even feel that failure is essentially who we are. If we were to hear a modern sermon preached on John 21, I feel like it might go something like this. God commands us to throw ourselves into the lake and swim. We are commanded to glorify Him by fishing all night if we have to and never settle for just riding in a boat. Train hard. Swim hard for God. That's an exaggeration, but am I right that this kind of viewpoint is pretty common in our culture? Here's the thing. Peter didn't do that because he was commanded to do it. I think he did it because he wanted to be close to Jesus. Jumping in and swimming was the expression of his heart in the presence of Jesus. I think that speaks more to the weightiness of who Jesus is, reflected by a heart who has experienced his friendship, his care, his love, his pleasure to give his kingdom to his little children. Whatever happened after that horrible night of denial Whatever Jesus said to Peter after his resurrection, it took that shame and embarrassment away permanently. John 21 is a scene of contradiction to any narrative that would say otherwise. What happened with Jesus? Could it be that Jesus helped Peter to see that you are not what you do and called him a man after God's own heart? Maybe he simply said, I love you. You are mine, and your sins are forgiven. I am not ashamed of you, and you can't mess that up. What do we need to hear from Him? What would help us let go of our own shame or discouragement? What might cause us to throw ourselves into the lake and swim like crazy just to be near Him? My friend, you are near Him because He is near to you. What do you need to hear from Jesus today? If you are His, then you are God's little child. You are the disciple that Jesus loves. And that is all you ever need be. And if you find Him on the shore cooking fish and inviting you to breakfast, He is most glad to see you.
0: To close us out this week, here in the benediction section of the podcast, I asked Nicole if I could share one of her songs, and she picked this one called What Lies Behind. Having just talked about, you know, Peter's regret... This song is about the baggage you can imagine St. Paul must have had trouble letting go of. And so in this song, Nicole, you know, she's addressing Paul and she says, Look, I've read all your letters. I've memorized your lines. You spoke of pressing towards the prize with singleness of mind, but you never really said how you forget what lies behind. How do you deal with that regret? And in one of the best lyrics I've ever heard, she says, This is so great. I want to grab the past and hold it fast until it's healed. I want to unstrike the match. I want to unburn this blackened house. Amazing, amazing writing. Okay, so here is Nicole Kelly's song What Lies Behind from her new album, Canyon Wide.
2: If I could ask you, sir Just a minute of your time See, I've read all your letters And I've memorized your lines You spoke of pressing toward the prize With singleness of mind You never really said how you forget What lies behind What lies behind You never really said how you forget what lies behind When you try to plan a garden, but you leave a smoking hole You try to guard the secrets, then discover you're the mole And history's a big, expensive watch you can't unwind When dreams become regret, how do you forget what lies behind? What lies behind? When dreams become regret, how do you forget what lies behind? Well, I want to grab the past and hold it fast until it's healed. Unstrike the match, unburn blackened house, but I could sooner seize the summer breeze and how it feels. So I'll just pile some rocks to mark this sacred ground. Forget what lies behind.
0: please go visit nicolekellymusic.com and check out our new album, Canyon Wide. I really think it's a it really is a beautiful set of songs. Um, also, please subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, and comment. All of those things, weirdly enough, they help it show up more easily online for people to find it. Um, and then lastly... Here's something kind of funny. I don't really know who's listening out there in, you know, internet land. But please hear me say that I am I really am super thankful for you. I'm really grateful that you would stop by and spend a few minutes here with me on the podcast. Um, it really does mean a lot to me. So I just want to be deliberate and say thank you. So having said that, I will see you next week. I hope you have a good week see you next time on 1000 words stories on the way.